Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the International College of Integrative Medicine podcast, translating science to clinical practice since 1983. I'm your host, Luke W. Russell, and today I'm joined by Dr. Jen Green. Dr. Green, uh, thanks for sitting down and chatting with me. Glad to be here. So could you tell me a little bit about your practice? Sure. Uh, I'm a naturopathic doctor who specializes in oncology or cancer care, and I work with cancer patients and their family wherever they are at on their journey. That might be recently diagnosed, that might be um, partway through conventional care options when they're needing supportive care because mm -hmm. of side effects mm -hmm. uh, that are really uh, becoming distressing. That could be a survivorship plan, so they're finished treatment and they're looking to prevent recurrence. So there's a whole, or they might be palliative. They might be an advanced cancer and, and it, that might involve hospice work. So anywhere along that spectrum, I'm working with um, using natural agents, lifestyle management, mind-body medicine, just good medical detective work yeah. to help people get healthier. <laughs> what new information or knowledge have you um, uncovered over the recent months or years? Mm -hmm. um, it's more a way of thinking about uh, cancer, um, not thinking of it as something that we can just cut or remove or poison out of the body, but uh, Cancer is a disease that has an underlying terrain or soil that needs to be shifted. It's very much a multifactorial disease, and I think we are, um, it's useful to zoom out and evaluate a whole bunch of areas in a person's health, which would include blood sugar regulation, stress management, nutrient deficiencies. Inflammation being one of the key ones because cancer is an inflammatory process. Um, angiogenesis, which is a fancy word for new blood vessel growth. Mm -hmm. um, toxic exposures that are gumming up our systems and immune function. So when I evaluate a patient, I re in the background, I'm always evaluating each of those areas in uh, and, and seeing where the imbalance lies because one person might have uh, be pre-diabetic or diabetic and have unmanaged hypertension and, um, and sugar is a big piece of, or insulin-like growth factor mm -hmm. is a big piece uh, contributing to perhaps why they got cancer or certainly would be how we would prevent it from recurring. Um, another person might have more immune dysregulation. So everyone is a unique individual and we have to treat them like that, like the unique individual that they are. Could you share a story about um, a, a patient, it could be recent or, or mm -hmm. farther back, um, that just felt like a particularly more difficult case and, and from your perspective as a physician, kind of how you went about really helping them achieve health? Hmm. Well, what comes to mind actually is, uh, is a patient who lived for 18 years with metastatic breast cancer. And, uh, and we used to joke, her plan was to outlive her cancer. And, um, and I think that was a really wise approach. Uh, instead of trying to eradicate every single cancer cell in her yeah. body, her approach, and definitely my approach as well, is how to find a way to, if you are metastatic, live with cancer yeah. in a peaceful enough way that it doesn't take over your whole body and kill you, uh, um, but also in a way that is accepting of what is, changing what you can, 
and living well with cancer that you know a lot of the focus in the media is beat cancer the war on cancer very military images and I think because cancer cells are our own cells I think part of the question is how do we rehabilitate cancer yeah. how do we help the cells behave more normally less aggressively uh, and how do we create a healthy enough environment that they shift the way they're functioning those tumors mm -hmm. yeah so what do you think for um, your fellow fellow integrative practitioners mm. who um, have less experience mm -hmm. dealing with um, patients who have cancer, um, what are some thoughts to help them start to get direction mm -hmm. as they're looking to work with their patients? Mm -hmm. The main message I have is that anyone who does holistic medicine or integrative medicine is perfectly situated to deal with cancer patients, especially in survivorship. Yes, there are complex questions that come up with drug interactions during active treatment, mm -hmm. but no one is as good as us at, <laughs> yeah. at creating survivorship plans uh, because we look at the whole person and we individualize care and because our therapies are broad in their action. It's so easy to underestimate nutrition and exercise, mm -hmm. healthy movement, and mind-body therapies like deep breathing, mindfulness, stress management groups, and those quote-unquote soft therapies are as impactful or sometimes more impactful yeah. than our drug therapies. Yeah. And we even have a research base to support that. So my, my main message is have confidence in dealing with the primary determinants of health, nutrition, movement, fresh air, good sleep, stress management. It's nothing, it's not rocket science. Yeah. We know yeah. how to do this. It does take time with mm -hmm. patients. It does take problem solving. It does take meeting people where they're at. But that's the art of medicine that everyone here is fabulous at. Yeah. So. What do you think, so um, how, for, again, for the physician side of things, <clears throat> how, how, how do you talk to families who want to know more, but mm -hmm. are, are probably, especially in the earlier days, probably a little more in the place of fear and just mm -hmm. and, and, and hopelessness? Um, what, what would you recommend to, for physicians in that stage? Mm -hmm. uh, for physicians dealing with the patients or for yeah. the patients themselves? For well, both. Uh, yes. First the physicians, and let's talk about for the patients. Yes. Um, for the physicians, I would say it's okay to call on our community and mm -hmm. refer to one another. So for instance, I don't personally do IV vitamin C, but I yeah. refer for IV vitamin C every single day. Yeah. That we don't have to be the only, if we create a circle of care for advanced cancer patients, everyone benefits. And it's heavy as a practitioner to hold a, a yeah large patient base of advanced cancer patients and so it's healthy for us to reach out and rely on one another one person might be doing low-dose naltrexone and IV therapies another person might be doing copper or, or focus more on immune function we all like to think that we can do it all but we actually can't and nor do we need to thankfully yeah, yeah. Um, so I think again coming back to that circle of care that's a really important piece and that uh, coming to these conferences and talking about our successes and activating our own hope mm -hmm. is very important for being able to continue the work and to support patients in activating their hope so so 
um, I wrote a paper on something called belief activation, which is basically a fancy way of saying maximizing placebo effect. And there are different ways that we can maximize placebo, but practitioner belief is so important yeah. for the medicine to work and to strengthen the therapeutic relationship. Yeah. So these kinds of conferences are just so meaningful in supporting us in our work, and it makes us more effective practitioners. I'll be back in a little bit with more from my interview with Dr. Jen Green. And now, let's take a moment to hear what our Executive Director, Wendy Chapel, has to say. Hello, this is Wendy. If you are an ICIM member, I want to be sure you are getting the most from your membership. We have a great page on our website, www.icimed.com, where we highlight members' blogs. This is a really good way to check on the many projects and practice focal points of your colleagues. And we want to make sure that your blog is up there too. On our website, we have great opportunities for you to get some marketing advice from Luke and ISOM's own in-house team of social media and multimedia experts. We offer legal advice from our general counsel, John Richardson, and tons of emotional support when you need it. Both marketing and legal help are listed on our website under the button Member Resources. New membership benefit that you can find there is that in that same section of our website, you can now listen to past lectures for free. More good things come from membership, such as honest conversations by email where colleagues share questions about challenging case studies. So for the families, um, whether they're in those earlier stages of, uh, um, or maybe they're a little farther down the road, and, and but what, what would you just say to people who who want something mm -hmm. to help, but they just, maybe, maybe there's, and maybe they, are comfortable or they aren't comfortable with conventional approaches, but they still feel like they want something more. Yeah. What do you say to those families? I say my motto is best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. That's It's always been the case um, as a naturopathic doctor who's worked in a hospital setting, in a cancer center, uh, I feel like we don't need to choose. We can pick and choose the therapies that work from us yeah. from both conventional and complementary or integrative. Um, and it's wise to use both because yeah. in my experience, when people do engage with integrative medicine, their quality of life improves, their symptom management improves. They, and I do believe they live longer too. Does that mean that we can cure advanced cancer? Maybe not, but we see those radical remissions. We tend to see them more with integrative medicine than um, conventional alone yeah. uh, because you are doing things differently and having a multi-pronged approach. And so I think the hope is real. Yeah. <laughs> it's based on reality and about living better and living longer. And that doesn't mean living forever because none of us are yeah. Yeah. going to, but uh, living well with a terminal disease is possible. Yeah. Yeah. There are models for doing this. We don't have to reinvent the wheel on that. What do you see in terms of the future of cancer care? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, conventionally, I see us moving from a tumor-based way of treating, so lung cr- mm-hmm. cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer, to molecular profiles. So more this this type, this solid tumor has EGFR receptors or or whatnot. I, in my heart of hearts, absolutely believe the future is in what we heard about today or, or yesterday earlier in the day, which is personalized vaccines and mm-hmm. personalized dendritic cell therapy where we're um, harnessing our own immune system in a more targeted way than the current immunotherapies. So that I do believe is the future conventionally and um, from an integrative perspective as well. A lot of our immune therapies are a little bit non-specific. They might be boosting the right cells, but there's still a pretty sophisticated um, uh, cloaking process that cancer uses, very sophisticated. And so I think we'll do well with the best of both worlds with really uncovering cancer to reveal it as a danger to the immune system so that then the immune system can stay vigilant. Um, But in terms of long-term cancer prevention, Mm -hmm. the single most important thing I think we as a society have to do is stop dumping chemicals in our environment because cancer is an environmental disease. So we need to preserve the quality of our planet in order to preserve the quality of our food supply and water supply. So I see cancer as uh, an environmental consequence with individuals taking the burden of that but it was collective choices that created that problem and so we need to address that societally yeah how have you transformed over the last 10 15 or so years as a physician oh that's a great question um, I would say having worked first in a hospital setting in a much more conservative parameters and then leaving the hospital system, um, I have grown more comfortable with questioning conventional interventions at times. So for me, it's a risk-benefit analysis. I mm-hmm. never used to really question many of the conventional therapies being offered, and uh, I've grown to dig into the research to see, oh, what is the actual benefit of this somewhat toxic treatment? Because there's time for poison with a purpose or, you know, healing light that does also burn us, you know, there's there's a time and a place for that. But I think we're overzealous in using it. And uh, we... We do well to really have inform, truly informed choice discussions with patients about the risks and benefits of the conventional intervention. So the main way I've grown as a practitioner, of course I've grown and learned on, always, <laughs> forever, about the integrative side, but the way that I interact with the conventional side is, is a little bit different with time. You've shared a lot of thoughts on um, both how physicians and how individuals can approach uh, approach this conversation um, what do you think do you have like is there one thing particularly for patients in particular that you think like I want you to know this mm. um, whether that's for their empowerment for their mm-hmm. peace of mind or for their health whatever perspective mm-hmm. what would you Mm-hmm. just really want people to hear. Yeah. Uh, two messages for patients facing a cancer diagnosis. Uh, one is create a circle of care for yourself where you feel like you can openly talk to your practitioners and they will listen. So finding the right oncologist, uh, naturopathic physician or holistic physician specializing in cancer care, uh, nutrition support person, Mm -hmm. psychologist or peer support group. So again, building that circle of care for yourself, 
with people that feel right to you is is really instrumental because we can't do this alone. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of complex decision making to be made, so that requires a good circle of care. And then the other piece of advice is uh, to listen deeply to yeah. yourself because on some level we have very clear and important answers inside of us. If we can quieten down, we'll we'll receive those those messages from that deep intuition. So trust yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, now, have you been to an ICIM conference before? No, this is my first one. So tell me, what, what have you thought? Um, a beautiful community of learners, really uh, heart-centered and uh, willing to take risks. That's what I notice about this community. It's a very brave community. Uh, there's a lot of courage to be vulnerable and to also take risks in trying new things. Um, so that's what I notice. Yeah. What do you think you'll be able to take away from this to your practice? Well, I'll take a number of clinical things away, so yeah. some nitty-gritties, absolutely, which is always a good sign when you mm -hmm. have a lot of things to, to do differently or incorporate into practice, yeah. Awesome, wonderful. Yeah. I think that's all. So thank you so much. Right. Thank you, thank you thank for you sitting for down and just sharing from your wealth of knowledge. Yeah, much appreciated. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, doctor.